It's so wonderful to have that time of greeting together with one another again, particularly after this long time of the pandemic of not being able to do it. So we are so excited to bring that time back to worship. But as I'm getting started with the sermon this morning, I actually want to start with a hymn because as the title of the sermon is Surrender Today, I could not get the hymn, I Surrender All, out of my head. So I'm going to have to start with it. All to Jesus I surrender, all to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. some people join along with me, so that means you know this hymn as well. So for me, the reason why it's so ingrained in my head, so the church I grew up in, there was a season, maybe it was just a couple months, but it felt like years, where this exact hymn, all the verses, at least every verse was sung twice, ended every single service that we had. And so because of that, singing these words comes so easily to me. But as I was preparing the sermon this week and thinking about, well, how do we actually live into these words? How do we actually surrender all to Jesus? How do we freely give everything? How do we do nothing other than loving and trusting Jesus daily? Well, doing it is a lot harder than singing this familiar hymn. I, of course, try to do it, but it's hard. There's a lot of uncertainty around surrender. Because if we are honest, surrender is not something that we think of positively. For me, it brings up images of someone surrendering because they have lost the battle, of two friends or siblings who are kids wrestling and one surrenders to the other, or even during March Madness, thinking about that time when a team knows that they have lost and they just surrender, either when St. Peter's University finally stopped trying to foul, or even more recently when Duke finally knew that they had lost the game. But yet, with all this baggage we have around surrender, we know we are supposed to surrender to Christ. And we're supposed to follow this example we see outlined in Zacchaeus in our scripture reading today. But how do we do it? How with all our baggage do we surrender to God? Our scripture reading for this morning is from Luke chapter 19 verses 1 through 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through town. There, a man named Zacchaeus, a ruler among tax collectors, was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed up a sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. 
When Jesus came to that spot, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down at once. I must stay in your home today. So Zacchaeus came down at once, happy to welcome Jesus. Everyone who saw this grumbled, saying, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Lord, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated everyone, I will repay them four times as much. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this household because he too is a son of Abraham. The human one came to seek and to save the lost. So our scripture passage today introduces this guy, Zacchaeus. And so if you have been in church for a while, you're probably pretty familiar with this story. And the scriptures tell us that Zacchaeus was a ruler among tax collectors. You see, in biblical times, tax collectors were hated, and it was because they were kind of shady. Tax collectors worked for the Roman government, not only taking the government's fair share of taxes, but they made sure to get a little bit extra, maybe sometimes a lot of bit extra, to pad their own pockets. And so we see that Zacchaeus was a ruler in this very corrupt system. But Zacchaeus had a draw to meet Jesus. Something compelled Zacchaeus so much that he had to climb up that tree to make sure that he got a glimpse of Jesus. In the United Methodist world, we call this provenient grace. The idea that God's grace goes before us. The idea that God is at work in our lives even before we ever realize or acknowledge it. We say that provenient grace draws us near to God for reasons we might not can explain, like Zacchaeus was drawn to climb up that sycamore tree to see Jesus. And then, to Zacchaeus' surprise, Jesus looks right at him before Zacchaeus can even speak a word. That's another thing we say about provenient grace, that God reaches out to us even before we can act or speak. Zacchaeus realized something that was amazing and beautiful was happening right there, that he was already known by Jesus. But this week, I was struck by how Zacchaeus came down the tree. That he was happy to see Jesus. I was interested, what does this Greek word that is translated happy means? Well, it turns out it is the word Cairo. This word doesn't get a lot of use in Luke's gospel, but it's used in some other familiar passages. The parable of the lost sheep when the sheep is found. The parable of the lost coin when it is found. And the parable of the prodigal son when he returns. It's also used when the wise men, who we remember were seen as outsiders, saw Jesus' star at his birth and rejoiced. So we get the idea here that when Luke uses Cairo, it's this joyful response when someone who has lost someone on the outside sees and accepts that they are known and they are loved by God. 
But I saw this contrast of this happiness with the attitude of the crowd, of the grumbling. And so this, this is a long Greek word that I will not even take a chance at pronouncing because I know I will get it wrong. But I will tell you where else Luke uses this in his gospel. It appears when the surrounding crowd is upset that Jesus is eating with tax collectors and sinners earlier in the gospel. And it also comes when the other son, not the prodigal son, but the other son who is so jealous of the warm welcome his son is receiving returns, he grumbled as well. It's this word that represents when someone who is on the inside decides to shun someone on the outside who is receiving God's love and God's grace. So when we think about it, we've got this multi-layer, different dimensions of what it means to surrender going on in this passage. On the one hand, what we focus on often is Zacchaeus displaying surrender. We see someone who is on the outside living a corrupt and a harmful life instead encountering God. Instead finding God's grace and love in such a powerful way that it changes his life. Did you know that Zacchaeus, he was actually, according to Jewish law, only required to pay back one, um, one time and 20% more. So just all that he stole and 20% more was all that he was required to pay back. But instead, we see this amazing and this radical surrender that Jesus or Zacchaeus decides instead to pay back four times as much instead. It's an amazing display of this encountering and surrendering to God. It reminds us what the call to surrender to God is, that it's both an accepting of God's love and grace and a call to action, to taking on of life, of faith. It's both accepting the actions of God in, at work in our life and putting in God's love and action in our own lives, ourselves. But we can't walk away today only inspired by the life and the actions of Zacchaeus without seeing the shortfall of the crowd around him. The crowd was seeing this amazing miracle happen around them, and yet they grumbled. They saw someone who went from stealing from other people to paying back more than double of what the law required him to do, and yet... They couldn't see the miracle. They couldn't accept the outsider. They could not surrender all those preconceived notions they had about what a tax collector was in order to see and participate in what God was doing. And so we have to be honest with ourselves that we can fall into that trap too. It can be hard to surrender our preconceived notions to see and understand and experience the miracles God is working in our world and in the lives of others. Even in the short time I've had here at First Church, I have already learned the story of Fred. Fred was a man experiencing homelessness 
that was a vital part of this church community. He was welcomed, he was loved, he was appreciated by this congregation. In fact, I learned that Fred was the first one who noticed and called the fire department when the fellowship center caught fire many years ago. The church did not hold on to any preconceived notions about Fred. They surrendered them. In order to be a place where he was loved, he was welcomed, and he will be remembered for his brave actions that day on the fire. And from what I have learned about Fred, he had that deep faith and trust in God. I imagine it could have been easy for him to hold on to anger and resentment for his situation, but I have heard he did not. That he surrendered all that to see and experience the miracle of God's work in his life. All of which is so consistent with many of the homeless individuals I have been privileged to experience in my time in ministry. But although the story of Fred is in our church's history, we find it in our DNA. Holding on to that same openness and welcoming, it's not guaranteed. Being a people who experience and reflect God's love and grace, it does not happen by accident. It takes intention. It takes surrender to be a community who is open, invitational, and welcoming to all. It takes intention to make sure we are following in Jesus' footsteps, who is open and welcoming and seeking out Zacchaeus, who society called a tax collector and a sinner. And with Easter being upon us, with our community Easterific celebration just around the corner, it's the perfect time. It's the perfect time to put into practice and to live out being an open and a welcoming and an intentionally invitational community. To be inviting and welcoming to all people so that they might encounter Christ in this place. So it comes back to us, friends. What must we surrender today? What are our own sycamore trees that we are clinging to and we need to climb down from? What are those people and those situations in our lives that we find ourselves grumbling about just like the crowd? What are those things, those hurts, those hang-ups, those preconceived notions that we need to surrender to God? I know I have my own things I need to surrender, and I'm sure you do, too. But just as Christ was faithful to call Zacchaeus down from that tree, God is faithful to call us down from our trees, too. So may we all be faithful to surrender those things to God, as difficult as it can be, to be a part of God's miracles working in and around us and through us. Let's close in prayer together. Gracious God, we thank you for this Lenten journey. We thank you for the story of Zacchaeus. May his example of surrender, may his example of a radically transformed life be a lesson 
and be an inspiration to us all. Amen. We thank you for joining us in this time of worship today. And as we prepare to go from this place, hear the benediction. As we have all experienced the love and the grace of Christ, that same love and grace that was shown to Zacchaeus on that day, may we go to be bearers, to be inviters, to be sharers of that same love and grace with this world which God so loves. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.